how's your Mac, Zach? It's good. It's good. It's fast. It came on Friday, and <laughs> so it's been two days, but um, it's you, good. Yeah. Did you like have a chance to set everything up? I know you've been struggling a bit now, but apart from that, do you have like Xcode all your projects? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the audio stuff, I was always expecting to take a while to get set up. <laughs> but in the grand scheme of things, like I, I think our setup is now kind of condensed to be simple enough that it's not that big of a hassle to get it all back up. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Y- how long would you say this took? Like f- at most fifteen minutes to get everything back up. Yeah, if that. I yeah. Mean, once, once the license code we had, once sort of the license code for Audio Hijack is probably only five, even though it probably felt like forever. Mm. Um, yeah, just need to adjust some settings, import my old settings, and we're good to go. Um, so we'll see how I go editing this week. With, so did you um, start a Mac from fresh? From, uh, fresh? Yeah, from yeah. It was actually really easy to do. So <laughs> iCloud Drive took care of most things. Yeah, and iCloud, then- iCloud can can be useful so for me yeah. iCloud drive is still i don't know when you mentioned it last week i was like maybe i should give it another shot and then i realized uh the reason i'm not going with iCloud drive is because you can't back it up properly like the benefit of like, yeah. cloud and and dropbox is you have a full like it's, at least in the configuration history. i have you have a full mirror on your local drive and then you can back that up mm-hmm. but iCloud drive decides what it's available when all of that and you but don't you also have, have a, but you also have a full history of all the different versions of things you have had but it's it's still it's it's apple has that but i don't have a full copy of that in my own backups yeah. because it's not a normal representation on your file system yes so it's similar to what dropbox would be doing no what uh, dropbox we went through be this before with- and in my case it was with setting all files like keeping them on your machine, then everything got backed up on both my backup locations. But, but where? where? Where's that folder? What do you mean, where's that folder? It, it exists. It's just not in, like, slash documents, but you can go to it. Uh, I remember looking up on Backblaze whether it exists there, and it was fine. I don't trust that. Because so many <laughs> ways... What even is your configuration to have all files on your computer at all times? There's a setting in system preferences. Okay, I need to look at this, too. iCloud Drive, options... And then... Because this is a reason why I'm not using it, too. Just by ticking desktop and documents folder, <laughs> you get everything. I don't everything. think so. Oh, no, wait, here we go. Uh, oh, optimize Mac storage. Where? So if I untick optimize Mac storage, then... Where? In which? In the iCloud Drive options? In, in Apple ID. So I, that was on by default. I have just unticked it, which means my Mac should be downloading everything. Great time to kick off this download. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, But it looks like most of iCloud Drive is already on my computer, and I think it's just a few photos things, which... Okay. uh, Oh, great. Now it's downloading 70 gigs. So I was wrong about that. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to have a great podcast. (laughs) Okay. So you're saying that if you untick that, that means that you get a local copy, and then you can back that up with any other backup tool. Yeah. it's, Yeah. It's red on your file system. Yeah. I did because I remember Kai cautioned about this six or 12 months ago or something. And I did double check that everything was getting backed up and it was. So it was okay. no problem. But there's so much magic around that. It's in this weird, like your, your user folder, library, mobile documents. And then yeah, it's in a weird folder, but it definitely Apple, exists. Cloud docs, desktop. It's just, it doesn't seem like a folder you should be accessing. It, it's, it's, it's backed up. It's fine. It's too much magic for my liking. I, I would put things in there that I really don't care about. But I, I don't know if I can trust that without it properly being on my disk. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I, I hope nothing happens to your files, but I, I need maybe another year of, of iCloud Drive uh, improvements to to 
make a switch. Yeah, I mean, it is nice that they are still continuing to make things, to change things, and things are improving, I guess. I mean, we still have, we got the new uh, shared folders, which I think we should try again. We should try using this. Yeah, I think once the new macOS, so like 10, 15, 5 drops. Uh, apart from these, this iCloud Drive situation, uh, everything was smooth, you said? <laughs> well, the only other thing I had to bring across is my like, slash developer folder, yeah. which is where I keep everything developer-y. Mm-hmm. And so I think because of this setup, it was very easy to migrate Max. I spent a while in system preferences matching all my settings, as you do. Mm-hmm. I spent a while going through my applications folder and making sure that all the applications existed on both machines. But I'm almost at a point, and the thing is, I didn't expect to have finished setup already, but I'm almost at a point where I think I've got everything. Now, obviously, I don't want to wipe my old Mac for probably at least a month. I want to make sure that mm-hmm. everything is actually across and I'm going to do a like a final time machine backup and I'm going to keep <laughs> that backup in its state. Yep. I'm not going to override that. Do you have your SSH keys? That's a thing I I have a history of sometimes forgetting and that's uh, a pain. <laughs> that's one to get. Yeah, I also want to make sure that I can upload to the App Store from yep. this new one mm-hmm. via Xcode. Um, there's a few things I need to do just to make sure that everything is okay, but SSH case is a good one. I mean, that one is easy enough to fix, right? Worst case, you just remove them all, and it's a pain, but yeah. it works. Yeah, it is. Um, but you can migrate, so it's mm. possible. Um, but it seems like I'm almost all of the way there, which is really good. Um, yeah, so it was super easy. I had it set up in a few hours yesterday morning which I wasn't expecting. Awesome. Did you um, have a chance yeah. to run any benchmarks and compare it? Benchmarks? I mean, going from 8 gigs of RAM to anything that's more than 8 already. Is, I mean, it's a noticeable it's difference. It's like Safari yeah. window and a second tab and still running. Do you think this will change the way you're working, Zach? Because I think... I assume that you are a bit more conservative with how many things you have opened at once. And Yeah. yeah. Well, I had a really productive day yesterday. So I actually worked more like a lot of hours yesterday and um it was great like i didn't have to worry about closing things right? uh the computer was fast i didn't ever feel like oh it's compiling i'm gonna go get a drink uh as i have sometimes felt in the past and i did run some benchmarks on one of the larger um xcode projects mm-hmm. that i work on and it's over 50 percent faster to compile like from a complaint uh, from a clean build perspective mm-hmm. um which is awesome and saves many minutes a day so that part is really so nice. what's the diff in um, minutes let's not go there <laughs> 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 we, we don't need to talk about this uh but it is significantly fa- it, it's about 60 percent it shaves 60 percent of the time off uh how how's the fan situation that, that was my yeah they come on a bit it doesn't it seems inconsistent like sometimes i'll be i'll be building something and i think the fans should come on and they're not and then other times it'll just be sitting idly and the fans will spin up and i i think there's weird things Laptops. going on. i've got um <laughs> i've got a a network utility thingy in my menu bar at the moment that shows me uh like up and down connection speeds and that's been really helpful to know when some random file is downloading because obviously iCloud Drive is pulling in things all over the place and probably will be for the next week. I see um, why you're so not it's- mentioning this uh, menu bar item by name because it's your pick of the week. <laughs> it, it might be. It might be. Hmm. Uh, I can't believe it's taken me this long to, to get this application. But anyway, um, it's cool. I'm watching it now and it's, you know, downloading about four megabytes a second. So it's doing something. Um, and that's definitely not all FaceTime. So oh, it's probably the um, iCloud uh, 
download that you kicked off. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But my computer is now fast enough to handle downloading documents and a FaceTime call and recording audio. So, it's a win. It's fine. I don't have to worry about it. Um, And would you say overall uh, fans spin up less than before? Oh, So, honestly, the fans didn't spin up that much on my old one. Like, it was just a slow machine that didn't like the fans turning on. Okay. Um, Hmm. Yeah. Like, I would be compiling, like, that big project that I mentioned before and the fans would just decide to be... Oh, I mean, the fans were on, but not audible. Um, some okay. they they came on a lot while podcasting. Uh, I can't, I haven't heard it yet today while podcasting, so that's a good sign. Okay. Um, but yeah, the the podcast for me was probably the thing where the fans were on, what were the the loudest and also uh, on for like the most amount of time. Uh, both recording and editing the podcast was intense for the old one. Okay, because for, on my 2017 MacBook Pro, it's like a I don't know uh, scared kitten it's like every time you look at it it's just going going cr- like nuts with the fans like there's nothing okay yeah. no specific patterns like as soon as you open it there's probably considering that you would use it like a computer there's always something that would kick off the fans within any kind of 10 minute workflow and it's yeah, super okay. annoying i do wonder if yours was faulty in some way Maybe. Uh, because you and i have the same machine and you seem but to I do. I'm not really giving into the machine. I use it as if it is a real computer, um, but it's just a laptop. Um, and sometimes it makes itself uh, tries to make me aware of what it is. But I don't know. Yeah, it's. Um, but yeah, no. The, I like it, it was spinning. They were spinning loudly um, while it was like doing random download things. But while working yesterday, it was pretty quiet. So cool. I even when plugged into an external display. So I did have one issue. That I want to talk about because it was a bit weird, but it is now fixed and a reboot fixed it and it scared me. Like, <laughs> oh, no. So yesterday morning, I plugged it into my LG 4K for mm-hmm. the first time and it would disconnect from the power and also from the screen for about a second, maybe every two minutes. <laughs> Fun. And yeah, it was so the computer, you would hear the noise that makes it sound like you took the power ca- or that the power cable went in. So, because I think that's when it makes a noise. So, it would be like, it would all happen very fast. The screen would flicker, the display would go off. But then by the time it came back on, everything was like back in its original place. And this happened like every two minutes for maybe 20 minutes. And I was like, this is not good. I'm probably going to have to return this Mac. Uh, and then a restart fixed it and it hasn't happened since. And I worked all day yesterday. So, <sighs> I'm hopeful that it was just some weird one-off Thing for the first boot of the computer um i don't know what it is with apple laptops and external displays though it's like yeah this was a problem that we've not had for for years and years of laptops and for the last i don't know what it is five six seven years it's just a thing that everyone just accepts is is a broken dumpster fire but to be fair i've had no problems with my external monitor yeah, yeah, but you were a weird now. unicorn like everyone's like oh <laughs> sure, yeah sure. and then you have all the problems and you're like no i don't and everyone's like really and now, welcome to the real world. <laughs> well, I'm hopeful that it's over because it yeah. hasn't flickered since. And it's yeah. been 24 Otherwise, hours, your next so. computer might be a real one. <laughs> no, I love this arrangement because I can go downstairs and work from the lounge and get the same power that I get up in my... Actually, I get more power than I get here at my desk because I'm not powering a 4K monitor. <laughs> it's faster when I'm on the lounge. Like, I love that like flexibility and I can't work in the same space all yeah. day because I'll go crazy. We'll so, we'll I actually... I am still a fan of the laptop life. We'll see how they do you force two minute break every two minute treats you over the next five years and see if you're done making a switch. Um, cool. Also, you can't get a touch bar on an iMac. So <laughs> Again, another benefit. <laughs> um, moving no. on. Um, in Kai also wants to suffer. Um, I have another experiment. Uh, after I tried DuckDuckGo for a while, was it this year, last year? Time doesn't make any sense anymore. Who cares? I think you you also been doing this multiple times. I know. You just have this 
itch that you have to scratch that you're going to try a new web browser. Um, or search engine. Or search engine, which <laughs> is what case, we're actually rather. talking about. Um, yeah, you just feel like you need to try another search engine. I know. Um, yeah. And you, you how so I don't, it going? I don't remember when the last experiment is. It feels like years ago, but thinking back at it, it was probably this year. So let's, for, during quarantine and COVID period, I call everything that was in the past yesterday and everything in the future tomorrow. That makes things easier. Um, so I, yesterday I used DuckDuckGo and gave that experiment up yesterday. And, um, then yesterday I decided to try a new experiment. Man, I should not have committed to this. Um, to, to give Bing a shot. I don't. I don't actually know how I ran into that. I. I think I had. Who are you? I know. Yeah, right? Was it like you read a tweet and you were like, "Oh, that's a I, thing." I, I think it was. Siri uses Bing for certain search results, right? And it was something where it's like... I think it's like images, yeah, it uses Bing. I, I also don't know if Siri is... The, I know. The, 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 the way of learning how to search things. So, but that was the thing. I searched for something on my phone with Siri, which I don't tend to do a lot, mostly based on the feedback loop of asking a fairly obvious question and getting a fairly abstruse answer. But then it was must have been something related to images. And I was like, hey, that's actually super accurate and useful. And I saw a part by Bing. I was like, all right, let's for, for fun, let's give it a shot. Let's let's do something obvious in Bing. Started typing and the autocomplete was faster than Google's. It was <laughs> like the search results came back in like it was within I don't know, it felt like a hit return and the results. Did were you all get there. about as many search results though? Did you do it I mean I didn't person? count all three hundred and sixty thousand. No, but it says how many you get. It was it was enough that I mean I'm not looking at the last page anyways. I don't know what kind of monster looks at the last page of Google search results. <laughs> That's always where I, I start. As if you haven't gone to the last page. <laughs> I mean, I often do that when I look for AppKit APIs because mm. uh, ah, they're right. usually only like four search results. So the first is also the last page. The first page is the last exactly. page in that case. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but for, for the kind of very brief, like my benchmark for like, all right, let's see if it gets the obvious things, right? Was um, was a uh, search result related to Canadian taxes. Like, I'm doing my uh, Canadian corporate taxes at the moment. So it's like, all right, this is this is actually kind of obscure, right? Because a lot of them would suggest US taxes or UK taxes when, whenever I search for tax-related questions in English. But I got that right. And then looked for a fairly easy programming-related API question and got that right and even had, like, a nice code snippet from the approved answer from Stack Overflow there. I was like, all right, all right, this, this is... Uh, Better than I expected. Fairly promising, um, simple search results uh, to test with, all things considering. But enough that I thought, all right, let's give that a shot and see how that goes. Mm -hmm. So I've been running that for about um, 20, uh, not even that, 18 hours now. Oh, wow. So when you say yesterday, so you very fresh. yesterday. Yeah, the, the last yesterday wasn't actually yesterday. Wow. Um, so it's fairly fresh. Mm -hmm. But so far, I'm slightly excited. It's it's. Quite fun to to try that, and it's always like the running gag, right? Haha, <laughs> such and Bing, but it's actually so far been pretty good to to me. Okay. So and so, I don't know. I have this weird urge to support the underdogs and everything. Mm -hmm. Um. So uh, I'll try that for search engine. Okay. And I'll okay. I'll nice. report back when I disgruntledly go back to Google in in uh, tomorrow. <laughs> mm. Yeah, we'll it'll see. happen. We'll see. Maybe this is the time they stick with it. It's, I mean, realistically, Microsoft has the resources. They probably have a team working on this. They seem to at least not be horrible. So I'll give it a shot. Okay. I'm, 
I want it to work. I really want it to work. So I'm probably giving it mm. a bigger benefit of the doubt than necessarily necessary. But I would say the first, I don't know, 16 hours were better with Bing than with any other alternative I've tried in a long time. Okay. And the other cool. two hours? <laughs> that, I just forgot about those. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it seems good. And it's clean search results and those kind of things. It seems, it seems promising. Okay. We'll see. Hmm. We are getting close to WWDC. Um, it will be a bit different this year. But um, according to our usual special event tradition, we are supposed to do a draft sometime before this. Um, so Not a draft. It's not a draft, it's a pick. Predictions so episode. So we have a predictions Woo-hoo. episode where we pick different things, then we get points for it, and usually kind Man, of you wins. make that sound really fun, Marlin. Yeah, because you usually win. You know, it's not that fun. Yeah, no. After, after a while. Um, no, but it's, 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 it's a lot of fun, everyone. Just, just so you know. And we're probably <laughs> going to do it a bit earlier than we usually do. We usually do it like the week before the event starts, but I think we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. We feel like often for Apple events, things are leaking quite early, and we would like to be able to make a prediction before leaks are coming out so i think we will do a predictions episode probably at either next episode or the way the week after that right yep. you guys are in on this yeah i mean okay. i reckon week after is still good because it's still that's still like two weeks before wwdc yeah sure i'm gonna say this yeah but at hundreds episode we should do something that's nice i thought you don't care about anniversaries we can do something fun that isn't predictions Okay. What's more fun than predictions? Yeah, I don't know what you're okay. talking about. <laughs> Anyways, we, we have to discuss like, this yeah. uh, uh, off off the air. Clearly, we have, right, we, have right. we have our differences here, but we will, we will get there, everyone. Um, so uh, in the next fortnight, at some point. Yes, but I think it would yes. make sense. I think Kai, let's discuss the rules. You wrote this. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk about the rules for this? Yeah, I mean, so that people are aware of what's going to happen. I think we kind of stick with what we had for the last few. Um, prediction episodes i'm I'm fairly happy with that unless any of you have any major concerns so we use a our template where we have like spe- specific rules where we 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 kind of use some kind of website that gives us a random order then we can kind of pick things there are specific modifiers we can apply to it where it's like something that hasn't been rumored and we get double points for that episode uh, mm-hmm. for that particular pick um and we are probably doing 10 picks each again i think mm-hmm. that's what we did last time and that kind of worked one thing that we did during last WWDC is that we had a organizational pick, which was basically related to anything that would be different related to a conference. It could be like, oh, on the third day, they will serve pizza. They won't serve pizza. Or more fun. Um, or that. more fun, like there will be a hands-on area. Um, but we're obviously not going to do I gonna thought you were going to say there will be hand sanitizer, because that would be very <laughs> fitting for <laughs> Um, no, uh, I'm just reading some of the picks from last year. But I think right, we should. Right, we, we will have some kind of special category, but I think we don't know what it is yet. Yeah. Um, but we'll think about it. But before. like organizational could relate to how the conference exactly. is run online, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, labs will be over FaceTime. Exactly. Something like that. Yeah. 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 So yeah. we have something All like that. We can <laughs> we can decide what yeah. we want to name that if it's organizational or or stay at home uh, related. Uh, predictions we will, we, we will definitely have a very cool name for it i think that's for sure <laughs> okay um, we can to that. but <laughs> priorities the idea is of course most most things will be related to to what's announced and then a certain segment of of the picks will be related to how this event is run based on it being the first ever not in person WC. yeah um and then then we calculate all the points and then uh we crown the winner mm. uh, after cool. the episode after the event 
That makes cool, sense. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess that's like a teaser. So I'm hoping that I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I think too. think uh, it's it's always a bit fun uh, to do those things and then see afterwards how wrong we all were. Um, and I think especially WWDC is a lot harder to do this for because you don't really know what's available, what, what's going to come out. I think something like a September event is quite obvious. Um, so I think mm. this will be fun. Mm. Looking forward to it. Especially considering that we're all kind of having a lot of... I mean, it's again, I think we're at a point where we have pretty long wish lists already. Mm-hmm. And it's always fun when the more... Like for iPhones, we're kind of... I think especially last year, we were kind of tempered. We, we kind of very clearly uh, had our expectations. And they yeah, were... It was what we expected. Yeah, they were... And no good finds, yeah. but... Yeah. But it was more in the realm of most things were very gradual improvements over last year. Mm. We, when I say we, I mean me, I got a bit excited about the ultra wideband stuff, and which is surprising that we still don't really have anything that you this can, chip you is can used for. You can just move that item over for this year. <laughs> yep, I'm <laughs> copying and pasting those. Yeah. Um, I mean, we do have directional airdrop, but I don't know. That's what we were all waiting for. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think I've used that once, yeah, not to <laughs> test. So I've only used it once to test, so you're, you have one use ahead of me. Um, but yeah, uh, I think this year WWDC will be a bit more exciting because there's so many software stuff. It that was really exciting last year. We got Swift UI. How are you talking about? No, no, we I just mean, didn't know about. Uh, I mean, last September, like the iPhone event was very, very oh, okay. in the realm of what we expected. Yeah. This year yeah. feels a bit more like wild guesses might be might be uh, coming true. Right? We have a lot of things related to what will happen to the iPad and and Pro Tools. Like that alone could be its own prediction category yeah but then macros there's also a lot of stuff in limbo and apple's still having those two uh, ui frameworks now with catalyst and swift ui and how is that going forward Mm -hmm. there's so many things that could be their own category so i think we rather than running out of things to pick we have to make very hard decisions of which 10 things each of us will actually be able to to get into that so i'm looking forward to that speaking of leaks though uh do you see the apple glass as John Purser, Purser? I don't know how to pronounce that name, that uh, apparently leaked? Yes. No. Oh, you what? didn't? You didn't? No. Wow, <laughs> that's interesting that you were able to not see this. Yeah. Good did what you, happened? Did Good you deal, deliberately yeah. not watch it, or did it just not reach you or Twitter? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Really? really? All right. Yeah. Okay. But, you know John Purser, though? The guy that got... Yeah, the person who claims to have a lot of information about apple glass yeah the guy that spoiled your your uh 14 inch macbook pro dreams uh before apple spoiled them yeah yeah that one and not and, a fan yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i, I saw I'm a website where they evaluate um accuracy of people that uh, um claim to have information and both him and german have i think an 81 percent accuracy score over the last that's year pretty so. good um, yeah nice but Germans are usually feeling a lot more, uh, I don't know, it feels more like journalism. Like he, he has... <laughs> Definitely since he moved to Bloomberg, yeah. yes. It's less leaky and more, here's a report on yeah. what's yeah. coming yeah. and where. But it's also, yada, yada. there's a lot more reference to like, this is the internal like code name or the yes the product it's very clear about it could be wrong yeah yeah but it also he gave seems... a good interview recently on yes. to marquez brownlee okay which is okay. quite interesting um should it was a podcast interview should definitely check it out is that on waveform 
Yes, that sounds right. Okay, I should I should listen to that. I've not listened to it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It was a good episode. I mean, I don't normally listen to that podcast, but obviously MKBHD and Mark Gurman. I was like, oh, give it a listen. It's good. It's interesting. Uh, and he also gave an interview on another show. I forget which that I listened to. Uh, Mark Gurman, that is. So okay. Um, it was interesting to hear it from his perspective. And he sp- I can't remember which of the two podcasts he spoke about it on, but he spoke a bit about what's changed going to Bloomberg in that the audience is a bit different and he has to be he has to have a higher level of certainty before he'll publish something. And I think that was he- an upgrade, wasn't it? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, yeah, so that was sort of the interesting findings <laughs> okay. from that. Uh, so, the Apple glasses have leaked. <laughs> um, right, right, right. Apple glasses, well, cool, we don't cool. really know if they have leaked and... Realistically, it's really hard to know if this is at all what it's going to look like. Um, but for you, Zach, and for everyone else who hasn't seen this, um, this person called John Proser, I'm going to go with that pronunciation for now, um, has uh, basically claimed that he has seen um, like what the glasses will look like. And I think it sounds like he got an access to some type of video that demonstrates them. That's what he claims. That's what he claims. And he also has uh, knowledge about uh, things like the expected market, the expected cost and the expected release date and the expected name. So basically. the price, according to this, is $4.99 plus prescription cost. Um, the release was uh, aimed for... The announcement was aimed for the end of this year. But might have been pushed based on because Apple, again, according to this video, Apple wants to announce this when there are people um, present at the presentation. Mm -hmm. So Apple will present, apparently, uh, show it in the next in-person event. So that might be a September event. Oh, wait, these things are ready? They're ready to be announced and ready to be sold. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, So, yeah, they expectation by him or what he's reporting is that it would be the one more thing segment of mm. um, Apple's announcements. Um, and yeah, it, I mean, it makes sense if you have something like a device to show, it makes sense that you would want to show that in person. Apple doesn't do a lot of one more things though. So there are multiple things. I'm surprised about that one too. I think since Steve isn't there anymore, like the one more thing is very reserved and I don't really know if they even have used it since then. Um, Just come over with something new. One more thing to see. Oh, no. Um, yeah. Uh, the other, other thing. Um, We're not also- done here. <laughs> you <laughs> won't believe what happens next. <laughs> Ta-da! That's not the thing. Um, the other thing was there was a reference to that the glasses will make heavy use of AR, uh, of um, uh, QR codes, but also that they will not use cameras, only LiDAR. And those things don't really go well together. Oh. Because how would one read a QR code with a LiDAR unless they have... Is that even possible? I mean, if they have geographic features or if they have, I don't know, a special type of print that doesn't reflect the doesn't reflect the light. But it's it feels very But unlikely. if you have something that can read a QR code, that's effectively a camera at some point. It's got to be reflecting... Yeah, light, right. I mean, a lighter in theory, like lighters, you know, if if you shoot a lighter at at a very very dark surface, the light doesn't reflect. If you uh, shoot it at a light surface, it does reflect. So lighter can mm. get a picture of you, but it can get an outline of like yeah, three D. Yeah, I mean so, that's how the face a uh, face a uh, face ID works. Um, yeah. because it actually just checks the mold of your face to check if you're the same person. So it's it's like sure you can argue about whether that is a camera if you're if you're getting an 
3D image of your face. It's, it's not a picture technically, but it's still a representation of you. Um, but yeah, I, I find that un, unlikely because you have like range problems. You have some weird, I don't know. So anyway, so there were multiple things in that in that video that I thought were kind of contradicting each other, or at least making it slightly unlikely. Mm -hmm. As I said, I, uh, there might be options for LiDAR and QR code, but also I don't know if I would want a future in which QR codes become an essential part of Apple glasses. No, I'm that, not a fan. Yeah, that doesn't sound... I mean, I could see that for like retail, right? You, you like mm. It's hard otherwise to do kind of this. You look at a product and then the actual product pops up. I don't know. Yeah, I it's mean... It's a bit weird. For, I'm for sure I'd love to use uh, iBeacons for this, but they kind of flopped. Yeah. I yeah. mean, Ultra Wideband again gives you the accuracy for that. Um, mm, sure. Yeah. So it's... it's I don't know. I don't know. And the name apparently is Apple Glass. I forgot to mention that in the beginning. I mean, the benefit with the iBeacons and with Ultra Wideband is that... Um, Again, according to this report, um, the device is not going to be a standalone device. You have to have your phone with you. So if they want to rely on that type of technology, you could, you could still use the sensors in your phone in order to detect where you are. And then you can, that would be better. Than, that would probably work better than something like QR codes, because if you don't have a camera and if it's not possible to do it with LiDAR, you could use your phone to detect where you are using ultra wideband and then just use the, use the glasses as a display. So that, could be a way of doing it. Um, Either way, yeah. Um, was interesting, but I don't know. It feels certain things don't quite seem to add up. But I also think this is—it's very hard to verify. Even once the Apple Glass, even once the, according to him, the name would be Apple Glass. So even once the Apple, the Apple Glass, even once the product is out. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think we can verify if the things that he said were correct or not, because like he, he got, even if things are wrong, he got this information so much in advance by the sound of it. I think he got it already in fe February, like earlier this year. So the things that he has seen might have been early prototypes and we might not get that, but that doesn't mean that he didn't get the information. But and it's just Mark Gurman disputed all of those claims as well, which is interesting too. Because, oh, okay. I mean, Mark Gurman has so many years of reliable, yeah. of a track record, and actively disputing that's interesting. But then again, there were things related to, you know, there were, like, what was it, with uh, Catalyst and SwiftUI and uh, Gruber kind of disputing certain things, because Apple just did multiple things at the same time. Mm -hmm. It could be that one of them is talking about a VR headset, the other one is talking about an AR headset, and they've seen just different teams work on different products. Who knows, right? Just because one yeah. person has very... Very accurate information about one thing doesn't mean that excludes all the others. Yeah. Apple seems to do yeah. a lot more like simultaneous development of of conflicting tech or the, mm -hmm. or kind of things that might go in a similar area, mm -hmm. um, and that might be one of those. So who knows? Um, video was a bit difficult to watch. Uh, I don't know, not my style of video, but nevertheless interesting. And the more more field days on ar and apple stuff the, 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 i think there's a lot of interesting things coming out of this yeah yeah i think like i said it's just hard to judge whether or not it's realistic and i think all the information he has would be hard to get from a single source and i'm just surprised that he if all this information would be accurate i'm surprised that he would have gotten all this information yeah, from because who, who would know that right like who, who would, would know, know things like what the product will look like the underlying technology um the marketing name 
the pricing and the release date. Mm. This is it feels like it's touching so many Plus different departments. Plus the way it should be announced. You know, that's, mm. I'm sure that a lot of people that actually work on a product do not know how it will be announced. That's, mm. that's <laughs> probably a bit up the food chain at Apple um, yeah. to decide how a product is unveiled. Mm. I but, I, but I also think certain things like this can be inferred. I think yeah. it makes sense for a product to be called Apple Glass, potentially, or it makes sense that um, it will be announced in person. I think that's that's a very obvious, yeah. obvious if you one. Would, if you would think of five names that you have to make up, Apple Glass would, be one of, would probably be in your top five, right? Um, mm-hmm. That Apple will announce it as a special thing, as a kind of special unveil, makes sense because they tend to kind of do that for new products. Mm. So all of those things you can infer yeah. and even so I think, Apple employees yeah. maybe he had some disgruntled ex-employee who worked on a project and was kind of i don't know kicked off the team or left the team in in not good standing and then wanted to kind of share some information with someone because i don't know whatever reasons you might have to to leak information and then them them selling themselves as like i know it all and i know how they will announce it and they just read between the lines any the same way anyone else Yeah, would. Yeah, I'm not saying that John was the one reading between the lines. I think anyone could read between the lines, and that's how those sort of quite realistic predictions could come out. But I also don't know, like, this this might be real, this might not be. It's it's really hard to tell mm. with rumors, and I don't think we should base too much on it. But I think it's pretty obvious now that there will be some type of Apple glasses coming out. Like, that's something that's been, mm. like, they've been very open about it. We've been knowing about the AR kit being more and more developed. What do you mean open? They leak their own stuff? Is that... <laughs> I mean, they they also did have the special event for employees in the Steve Jobs Theater. Where it's not they, like a public event either, though. I thought that was still something that they were letting people know about. Was that a leak? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh. Um, yeah. But anyway, some yeah. kind of head-mounted display in our future, and people seem to start to get uh, either uh, excited about it or fed up with uh, unbased rumors. We'll see. Yeah. Cool. Moving on. Um, Spotify acquired the Joe Rogan experience. So Joe Rogan's podcast. I think I speak for the three of us to say we're super excited and we hope that Spotify will thrive in the podcast ecosystem. Wait, Joe Rogan won't have a podcast from September 1st. So. <laughs> uh, you're one of those. <laughs> like, no, but truly though, like, yeah, it's, yeah. Podcasting is an open ecosystem. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a... It's essentially a radio show at that point. I know. And I think many podcasts, to many people, a podcast is a radio show. I think often when I talk to people who might not be in tech, they listen to our show and they're like, this is not what I think a podcast is. Because many people are used to listen to things that are a lot more polished. I mean, Even so, no polished. offense to you guys, but I'm just saying um, we're a bit spontaneous in this show. But I think many shows just like have manuscripts and it's it's not going off topic. And I think, I mean, we're, we're definitely doing that. So um I just think there are different categories. We barely made it through four of our bullet points and we're already 40 minutes in. So <laughs> if we had a script, writing this kind of mess would have taken us hours and hours. <sighs> no thanks. Um, I don't think we would write this. Um, but I think there are just so many different styles. And I think what Joe Rogan has is more like an interview and it might be more considered a radio show in the first place I mean, no matter that, I, I would say that's a, that's within more in the realm of podcasts it's like sitting down talking to a microphone for i don't know what how long an hour or two mm. and then 
calling it an episode is more closely aligned with what I think of a podcast than like, what is the famous... This American Life. This American Life, thank you. Um, you know, that is feeling more like a radio show. Mm -hmm. While I feel like Joe Rogan's is an interview podcast. If, yeah, if yeah. someone would say, here's an interview podcast and you listen to this, you're like, all right, you didn't lie to me. Well, <laughs> you know, it yeah, is yeah. definitely, you wouldn't be like, this This doesn't fit that category. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I wouldn't say that I... Moving it to Spotify, however, and then, I mean, in September, I think the announcement is from September will be also on Spotify and then later in the year will become Spotify exclusive. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a bit like the difference between a, a garden and a public park. You know, podcasts are public parks and everyone can access it in whatever way they see fit. And a, a garden is like an invite only thing. And that, that's kind of what it is. Like in theory, there are similar things you can do within the the realms but it's like one is they're still not identical um you know and that's mm -hmm. i it's still an audio form of entertainment that's just now in a player that most people would agree is not a great podcast player and in a form but I think that the will, people who are listening to garden podcasts uh, could potentially not care that much about the type of player i think there might be more casual players that are like like we said used to radio shows and they're not used to being able to have features like smart speed and those I mean, of things no matter how i do think joe rogan will lose part of his audience as a result of this yep. i mean arguably but you but you have to just by the number of people exactly there's always going to be a non-zero percentage of people who don't yeah. make the switch and be that because they don't realize or because they just aren't Uh, as invested to make the switch or yeah, yeah. they just don't care like mm. it's, it's always going to happen but he'll but potentially he'll gain new audiences mm. and i imagine spotify will promote it very heavily to everybody who uses this free and paid service mm. so, mm -hmm. i don't know it's probably a net zero for him like in terms of listeners anyway yeah and i mean it's probably a financial gain because as far as i no, he can keep doing the normal parts of his show. So if he promotes, can I don't know, brands that he's associated with, he can keep doing that. But he also gets the money. So whatever money he gets mm. from those kind of branded advertisement deals, he'll still get. And on top of that, he gets something like 100 million from Spotify for whatever amount of time, right? So it's like he probably <laughs> just added 100 million to his, yep. his... And I don't think we know the official numbers, but... No, but that seems to be the ballpark everyone's talking about. So let's let's... <laughs> let's lean into that as well mm. um it is a bit you know like sure 100 million it's pretty nice seems to be not too far from what he made already i don't know if it has a big life lifestyle change for joe rogan I, i think what i could imagine is that certain guests that would usually have come on this show might not come on the show yeah. um if he loses audience yeah. to this yeah yeah because i know it means i won't listen like on occasion yeah. I've, i've listened to maybe four joe rogan shows in my whole yeah, life so yeah yeah I'm that's the same. because they were on the podcast app that i want to listen to them on it's Or not a chance YouTube. i'm going to go download spotify like we usually watch certain interviews on youtube It's like it depends on the guest but usually the few that we have been watching is something that mm -hmm. we Because I like find, watch. especially um, with interview podcasts, we're yeah. not talking to the same person every week. Um, I feel like there's a lot more value in, in visual information because you, sure, you might not yeah. know that person. You might, you know, there might be silence because they're thinking about something mm -hmm. and there's <laughs> value in seeing what their first reaction is to a question or how they're approaching yeah, something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, if, if you listen to like 
the same three people every week, you kind of get a feeling of that anyways. It takes a mm-hmm. bit longer, but then you kind of develop that that feeling and then, then you don't need video to that. But I feel like if there's a new guest, uh, like especially if they're like some of the Elon Musk interviews are quite interesting, for example, mm-hmm. I thought. Um, but seeing the video as part of that is is to me... I probably wouldn't even listen to them. No, I if feel it was the same. Audio only. Yeah, but for me, that's part of what makes the show something that I'm interested in. Um, but yeah, I won't do that now, most likely. Like, I, I don't think I will create a Spotify account and watch it. I think it will be like video in Spotify, mm-hmm. as I understand it. And I don't think I will do that. Um, so yeah, um, I think I'm also one of those people who probably won't follow along. Like I said, I haven't been listening much. But it's also weird, right? For Joe Rogan, they already made a killing. Like mm-hmm. having the most successful podcast in, in in the world, or at least being in the top three cont- uh, for for years. Yeah, it pays all right. It's it's pretty good. He was completely independent for all intents and purposes, right? So he could do whatever he wants with the show. He could ask Elon Musk on it and smoke weed or whatever they're doing, and and no one no one to to report to. It's like they they do what they want. They probably already made like comfortably double digits in millions before that so adding that much money probably doesn't have any lifestyle implications just that you now have a deal with someone else you probably lose a part of the audience which i think is part of this appeal to even get some of the guests that he gets Mm -hmm. you know because being on the most popular podcast in the world is maybe more appealing to to people that have that value their time a lot uh, while being on a podcast that's kind of behind a walled garden somewhere in Spotify for maybe a quarter, I don't know what the drop off will be, but let's say half or a quarter of of um, uh, the the original audience that he has right now might no longer be that appealing to to people, and it opens the door for someone else to 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 capture some of that audience that he's leaving behind, right? Yeah. So I wonder if that's worth it, and the potential to actually build it a company and extend that value because yeah, yeah you know spotify bought his show because they thought it would add billions or at least more than 100 million to their revenue and to their platform and to their ecosystem yeah that means spotify thought they made a good deal there they think they get more value out of it than they pay him which means but by by that kind of definition that it's probably that joe rogan probably left money on the table that he could have harvested himself yeah so i'm actually surprised that joe rogan didn't use his influence and his impact to grow his show into more than it is like he could have started his own like network and kind of kind of branch out and capture more of that because if he would start a second show or even have like people that he works with i would think he could probably triple quadruple his audience or his his company's audience and make that money just without having someone else being yeah, and uh, his 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 gatekeeper now. So I'm I'm surprised about that, and I feel like he's he's actually not. I mean, no one complains about 100 million, right? We talked about that last last week. How if Facebook would offer us a few hundred million, we'd be like, yes, please. Um, but I'm still I, I still think I'm still surprised that he decided yeah, to I'm take just, that deal. I'm just thinking out loud now, but I am wondering if he isn't that what we do all the time. <laughs> Don't, I, don't make I, it, I have a script. Guys. Don't make it sound like we ever think about things beforehand, Malin. You, you just make us <laughs> sound silly. I figured it's a great way for me to never sound stupid if I just declared it before. Um, no, no. I'm. Um, 
Anyways. We should have called our podcast Thinking Out Loud. Next one. Yeah. <laughs> once, you, once you get this uh, podcasting network going, that, uh, that's Joe Rogan. Maybe that should be the though. name of our podcasting network. Anyway. Okay. Uh, yep. Can well, I please then. make my very elaborate point that I thought of I for a really long time? I just some more time to yeah. think about it before. Yeah. Um, so I'm just wondering, I'm thinking about the reason why you would have done something like this. And I think it has been... Uh, Like the podcast industry has been hinted towards a different, like it's been sort of going in a different direction for a while now. And I think many people who are making podcasts are worried that there will be a big fish like Spot, uh, like Spotify picking up a lot of shows, causing the revenue, like the way of making revenue, like make, stirring up the, the way you can make a revenue, make money off a podcast. I think many podcasts at the moment rely on things like sponsor reads and those type of things. But I'm thinking, once a big network like Spotify picks this up, um, there might not be as much independent sponsorship available anymore. And there might be fewer and fewer companies willing to pay a direct sponsorship fee. So they might rather want to go through something like Spotify. And I'm wondering if he was just concerned that this will, the, the, the amount of profit he could make of his shows on his own through direct sponsor reads would just not be enough and wouldn't grow in the future. He might be worried that this is actually something that's going to be, be picked up. So he rather wanted to roll on that. And now he's having a very safe income. He can potentially, if, if what you have heard, like, I don't know if this, if we know exactly what the deal is, but, if he is still able to keep on using and having sponsor reads in the show, like he can, that's just extra money for him now. Whilst he has the whatever cost that whatever Spotify pays him, that's like a secure amount. And then he can see if there are still sponsors that are willing to go on his show, then he can continue making yeah. extra money. There are multiple things to that, right? There's the, I'm worried my open ecosystem won't support me. So let's, let's make, put all eggs in the same basket you know that's a weird approach where you're like you know what rather than being able to do whatever i want with my business let's put a hundred percent of my trust in spotify who have at best a fairly spotty spotty <laughs> spotify um reputation within podcasting right yeah yeah so but it's, it's it's like i see what your point is like sure 100 million is nice and you don't even if you don't have any other sponsors it might replace the uh uh, sponsorship income but it also means if spotify is no longer interested you are now just cut your audience in in a half in half or in quarter and the opportunity cost of doing something more impactful with during that time where you realize that working with spotify is maybe not great or all of a sudden spotify is saying you know what for our advertisers um for them to advertise on your podcast and considering that we have this kind of youtube like system where we where we show ads and match the best to the listener similar to what those kind of platforms do we'd really like you to not smoke weed on that show and it's like but that's i just do what i want and you're like yeah maybe you don't do that anymore because we pay you 100 million and all of a sudden yeah he but has if to you i mean if, if you if you specifically take the weed point as an example that was something he would most likely have had problems with before as well because he would most likely be demonetized from youtube for yeah, that yeah type but of it's, thing. it's it's at a point where it's like all right he could decide you know what i'm i'm taking the demonetization from this mm -hmm. episode because having Elon Musk smoke weed on on the on the podcast adds so many more subscribers and listeners to our mm -hmm. our podcast in general that it might even not not saying that he necessarily thought that way but you could argue that that might actually be a long-term gain for for his network because mm -hmm. I think he has like a an episode a day or something it's a ridiculous amount of of uh, shows he has right so if mm. if 
that thing probably spread on on the internet so rapidly that he <laughs> added millions of people that would otherwise yeah, not have listened yeah. and that might stick mm. around and spotify would probably say you know what or not probably but there i could foresee an environment where spotify says you know what first of all wheat not so great in sweden and we're a swedish company so we obviously apply swedish values because that's what companies do they apply the values of where they're from and where they operate and where their headquarters are right and whatever else um based on their advertising agreements they're like maybe we don't want you to do that anymore and mm -hmm. now they have quite a good argument because they're paying him a hundred million dollars and i'm not saying that will happen but now he takes that risk that mm -hmm. they are they're wanting certain behaviors or maybe it's like it might be step by step right it's like first like no weed and he's like all right that was a one-off thing anyway so mm -hmm. cares, sure and it's like you know what no no drinking and maybe less swearing and a bit less talking about weird other things that that doesn't quite fit with our advertisers because all of a sudden all of our advertisers say we can't release advertise on 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 the show that mm -hmm. talks about those topics and considering that we're kind of want to algorithmically match that it's really hard um you know mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. it's just all of a sudden you 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 force yourself to comply with someone else and mm -hmm. and you know they have a lot more leverage all of a sudden if if they're hosting your stuff and paying you money for your stuff and i don't i don't know how that is I don't know. I w I would be nervous, and I mean, again, nervous in a very very minor way, considering that they also give me hundred million dollars. But those kind of things would be somewhat concerning to me if I would want to build a, and maintain the largest podcast in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I guess even if even if he would just want to, even let's say he's like, okay, I guess I can't do those specific things on the show. I just like see this out and I continue doing the show. How, how in the whatever format Spotify wants me to do it for whatever term, like whatever year, like how, however many years the, the agreement is based on. Even if that's what he decides to do, and like that's, that's one way of doing it in this scenario, right? You can just say, okay, I agree to that. I still make my hundred million a year. We're, we're good. And then after that, I can do something else. You will still lose certain. You will still, even if he then would want to go off Spotify and create his own show, he will have lost of a lot of the credibility and a lot of the sort of relations that he have built up so far as well. And just pure opportunity cost. That means he had, let's say it's a, again, we don't know anything. Um, let's say it's a four-year deal. So he has four years in which he cannot adjust potentially to things he would want to do yeah you know maybe it's like hey he would like to experiment with this mm -hmm. i don't know and just because it came up not because i think it's a good idea he wants to do an ar podcast and it's like he could do that today he could do that mm -hmm. uh if spotify doesn't have an ar player uh, again i'm really really not saying that's a good idea <laughs> i'm just bringing it up as an example um he can't do that unless spotify builds that for him mm -hmm. and i think that is that is the kind of things that who knows like take and this industry is changing a lot mm -hmm. and i think there's a lot of value in having full autonomy and flexibility as much as possible mm -hmm. same but as we're talking about like third-party dependencies and trying to not build too much on top of other people's businesses right none of us would probably want to build uh, a service that i don't know is a is a view layer on on some other business and they could cut you you know you saw that with twitter app apps that's a, yep. maybe a good example it's like cool for a long time a twitter app was a pretty decent business pitch you could say you know what i make a really nice twitter client and if people recognize it as a good one and it is actually good mm -hmm. you probably make your money back 
<laughs> and then Twitter's like, you know what? How about no API? And you're like, oh, crap. That is that is a situation that doesn't happen to all business, doesn't happen all over the world mm-hmm. for everything you touch, but it, you you expose yourself to risk and you have to, yeah. to evaluate that. Is that worth the risk? I would mm-hmm. say building that right now, probably not a good idea um, for as far as the Twitter client goes, but... For podcasts, we're kind of in a similar situation. But on the flip side, on Spotify side, I can kind of see that, right? Because it's appealing. Podcasts are weirdly monetized. Oh, you're saying for Spotify as a yeah. business? Yeah. So Spotify has multiple pillars of why this makes sense for them, right? Mm-hmm. First of all, they pay money for every listen to music. Mm-hmm. They do not pay for listen to podcast. Like any, like I think our show is on Spotify as far as I remember i, I don't, don't even remember, remember if we ended up adding it but yeah we, we at some point thought of putting it on spotify so it might be there yeah so i don't know uh probably no one knows because i've never seen spotify showing up in any stats so it might either not be there or no one ever listened to it i don't know um but if someone would spotify wouldn't give us any money mm-hmm. we're not, wouldn't in, in general no one gives us money but in particular <laughs> spotify doesn't give us any money yeah um and we wouldn't expect that and most podcasts that are on spotify do not make money from Spotify listen to them, yeah. but people might still pay $9 to listen to that instead of music. Well, mm-hmm. if they would have listened to music during those two hours, they would have paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spotify would have paid someone who has the license to, mm-hmm. you know. But I mean, those things can change as well. And I mean, we've seen... Sp- no, 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 but my point is just, I see why Spotify has value in increasing the listener the percentage of people that listen to things that Spotify doesn't need to pay for, right? Yeah, but they might start paying for it. Like if you have advertisers in there and you have published your podcast, let's say Spotify continues building up their podcasting ecosystem and they they did buy, was it Anchor? Gimlet? And Anchor, right? So Anchor allows you to actually make a podcast um, and publish it. And if that's something that Spotify brings in and they allow you to only make it through that platform and release it on Spotify, then you might start also paying some type of revenue for whatever marketing they put in the podcast. But why would Spotify create... Like, Spotify will only pay you if they get paid as well. Yeah, because they could insert their own ads, right? Yeah, yeah, but my point is, if... If you listen, if you have a Spotify account today, mm-hmm. you start playing music, Spotify pays, and you don't pay them. You know, they don't have any revenue. F- I, the, the perfect customer for Spotify signs up for the service and never listens to a single song mm-hmm. because that's how they get your full $10. If you listen to music, they pay licensing fees. Yeah, so yeah but don't music, they also make that money? If they, they also make money off inserting ads. In no, not if you're paying. Fee. If you're a paid subscriber. Oh, okay. Yes. You yes, pay $10. That's and if you would listen to music 24 7. Uh, for the 31 days, they might make zero dollars of that mm-hmm. because you listen to music that they had to pay licensing for streaming fees mm-hmm. for the entire time. So they might not make any money of it. Mm-hmm. If you would, if your account would be dormant for that month or you would listen to podcasts, they would get the full $10. Mm-hmm. So they actually, you know, they, yeah, if true. every podcast that people listen to, Spotify, that stops losing money for those periods and that's good for spotify yeah. and on the second on the other side of that is, um is the kind of monetization threat advertisement right yeah if we're yeah. looking at podcast ads right now they're all very much focused on the host reading it mm-hmm. to an audience and often i mean we experience that a lot right as people who do not live in the u.s you listen to a podcast and someone's yeah. talking about a specific coffee that you can only get in a specific part of the world mm-hmm. and maybe it's a large audience but we can never order that coffee despite yeah. us kind of being the target audience right all of 
the three of us, we all like coffee, mm-hmm. but we couldn't order that coffee because it's in, in, in the US and that doesn't apply to us. And all of those ads are very much focused on, on usually for US podcasts on the US market. Mm-hmm. Um, and they often don't apply to us at all, or it would be quite cumbersome to even get access to those things. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking at any anything else that's on the internet, as far as ads go, they're, they're usually regional, right? Mm-hmm. If you see an ad on YouTube, it's based on something you can actually give someone money for. Mm-hmm. If you see an ad on a website, it's usually for something that you can click on and actually make some kind of uh, purchase decision based on that. Spotify or podcasts do not have that. And there's this kind of ad insertion stuff going on. Um, that is kind of weird in other ways, but I can see why Spotify might superficially look at that and be like, all right, we, we got from people hosting videos kind of randomly on the web and people playing it to building a platform where you can host it and then we can insert ads and all of a sudden it's a billion dollar business, right? Mm-hmm. YouTube. Um, and, and similar services like no one figured out how to make, uh, money from websites and Google and others figured out, hey, AdSense and, mm-hmm. and, and kind of, centralized ads that are kind of targeted towards the, the audience, mm-hmm. the, the specific user, all of a sudden, that's, again, a billion-dollar business mm-hmm. or more. Um, and I, I could see why, if you would look at that superficially, why you would think, hey, why don't we do that for, for um, podcasts? Mm-hmm. And I, I, so I can see why, why they might want to go in that range. I don't know if it will work. Uh, I don't think it will work for the type of shows we're listening to. Yeah, yeah. I think that's something that... Um I think it was this week's uh, ATP show, um, or the, the, the latest episode was really describing quite well how this can impact independent podcasters that don't make like radio type shows. They might make podcasts like we, like, like we are doing. Um, I think they were pretty good at talking about how this could impact that. But it's also like having ads on, on podcasts. The reason why we have podcast networks is because it's actually quite hard to get advertisers on your podcast on your show right yeah. because it's a lot of hassle you don't want to deal with it's way easier for an advertiser to say hey youtube this is how much my budget mm. is you figure it out then saying hey zach kind marlin can i do ads how many listeners do you have oh this many in which areas uh maybe maybe not doesn't fit me then you go to atp and say how many how many listeners do you have okay in which countries uh maybe not it's tedious right yeah. it's, it's yeah. like if you're if you're in, within that niche, it kind of makes sense. If you mm-hmm. know, like, hey, I make a, I don't know, um, uh, a very specific tech product that, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, Linode. It kind of makes sense, right? The, yeah. the probability of um, ATP listeners um, being at, at, at least tangentially uh, interested in Linode type offerings totally makes sense right yeah yeah um, but so i can imagine a company that that has been sponsoring quite a lot of podcasts like warby parker or casper those are companies that don't necessarily need to reach a specific audience like the tech podcast audience at and, least not after a certain yeah yeah so their money might be more well spent or at least more efficiently spent by putting it directly towards Spotify or something like th- like that type of platform, rather than going out to individual podcasts, and I think that's what easy. people. I mean, we 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 don't have to, we, we're not really worried about it because we don't have sponsors. It's just it's not a problem that we have in particularly, but I think it's a big problem. F- it could become a big problem for independent podcasters or for smaller podcasting networks. Yeah, that it's harder to get sponsors on because the sponsors might decide to put their money elsewhere where it's it's on paper looking easier for them but then it's also the flip side i don't know do do podcasts really need sponsors 
I don't know. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts that just don't have sponsors. They just talk about their topics because they care about those topics. Mm. And it's still a podcast and it won't yeah. go away. Like the Yeah, I mean we are not having sponsors, but we're we're still we, we're almost fact, recorded. We're, we're recorded night negative night. on this podcast <laughs> because we pay for hosting and microphones and, and audio hijack licenses. Yeah, but we are still recording ninety nine episodes. So and mm. I think I think uh it hasn't really been that the money was the important part for us. But uh, uh, yeah, of course there will be podcasts like that that are still around, but I think many people might not have the time to put aside two hours a week. Uh, from 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 all the other things they're doing or from their family uh, and say i'm gonna lock myself into a room now and record a podcast uh, if they if they're not making sponsorship no, but i think the, the good podcast we like to listen to would still go on if they wouldn't make money it's nice that you can make yeah money. what i think is great is that there are alternative ways like you can do like patrons uh, patronship and those type of things so maybe that's the way forward for independent but podcasters. i also don't think everyone i mean sure it's it's nice if you can make money off things but realistically not every every hobby needs to also make money it's nice if it does mm. but it's you know i wouldn't miss the ads in 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 other shows like i'd be very happy to not have ads in other shows i would also probably happy to to donate some money or or spend some money on on other shows if they have a membership program but also i don't know i can make decisions like i don't know if i would need not that i don't like certain large shows but i feel like they already make so much money anyways they don't need my money. I'd rather yeah, than yeah. support smaller shows that where people might not already have hundreds of thousands of dollars they make in, in otherwise and also make hundreds of thousands through a podcast, right? But it's just how how I kind of want to spend my money. I want to get it to people who who need it more rather than just adding five dollars to a two hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollar money pile. Um, but yeah, I I I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think podcasts, even if a hundred percent of advertisers would go away. Most of the podcasts I listened to did not start with sponsors, and the sponsors were a nice addition, and they, that means they didn't have to do other things. Mm-hmm. But I also sometimes think it had a negative impact on certain shows because all of a sudden it's like, hey, we we no longer can f- as freely talk about other things because, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Again, not not speaking about Linwood in particular, but it's probably a lot harder to talk about your digital ocean great digital ocean experience if you then have to segue into how great linode is right it's just it has the more targeted the podcast advertising as you do the more it limits other parts because <laughs> a good target means you're talking to the people who are mm-hmm. interested in it and you're probably interested in it which then limits your ability to i mean again i think some people can kind of separate that but it's harder right it's harder yep, to be yep. honest about saying hey you know what uh this week's sponsor is Linode. Let's, and one of our core topics is how many issues we had with Linode's uh, like uptime last week, right? It's just not going to happen. You just decide not to talk about that, that in your show anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Plus the constant disclosures of they've been a past sponsor, they're yeah. going to be a future sponsor, mm-hmm. they're sponsoring this episode yeah. whenever you talk about something that's remotely related to whoever is sponsoring you. Yeah. So um, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, annoying. not saying that people shouldn't make money off podcasts. It's just I, I'm not that worried about this entire thing because i think hobbyist podcasts will stick stick around a lot of the podcasts i like i don't think will be affected at all mm-hmm. uh if mm-hmm. sponsors would become like more uh like if podcast sponsorships would go more towards small businesses again i much rather see an ad for something i haven't heard of than hearing the hundreds uh casper ad 
you know. Well, you I still know. didn't buy a Casper mat. I know, so. <laughs> but I don't think another hundred ads would change that. So just for me personally, I'd, I'd much rather have that being a like if it's it's already a niche thing. Why wouldn't the ads also like focus on on you know if if podcast? I don't think there would we would the world would be a worse place if someone would make a nice CRM for selling ad spots and people can like what Marco does for overcast, right? Mm -hmm. You can see mm. ad spots that are available. You can book them. Uh, there's some kind of validation of that probably happening, but anyone can buy an ad on overcast for, for the show. And I think if we would get more of that for podcasts where, where you don't need all the overhead of like uh, big, big corporations negotiating with individual podcasts, but it's, I, I think that wouldn't be, Again, there there needs some details have to be worked through there, but I I don't think that would be the end of the world. Anyway, Joe Rogan uh, and Spotify will be interesting. Yeah, but I don't think any of us care about Joe Rogan specifically. <laughs> It's just more interesting from an industry perspective. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Speaking of large corporations, uh, I see in the show notes new Twitter features. This is not very exciting, but I guess in comparison to our earlier topics it's fine i can hey don't understand our topics <laughs> um I've, you this is very quick um there is a new some new features being tested out on twitter have you two come across this you mean the you cannot reply to my tweet yeah you know what mm. my work around this don't tweet <laughs> no i mean i think it's solving a problem which one so you might just want to write something to your followers um and if they retweet it You might not want people who are like known to be aggressive to respond to you. Like you might not mm -hmm. yeah, want like from a harassment people. perspective. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about the no one can reply to it then? The no one can reply is interesting. I, I, I guess that's like I mean it's sort of like deciding that you don't want to allow for comments on your blog. No, not really. It's it's a bit like uh, going into a town hall for discussion and say no one is allowed to respond to my particular comment. It's like, why? <laughs> why are you going to town hall then if you don't want to expose yourself to a potential discussion? I can totally see the limiting it to my followers, right? Because mm -hmm. you don't mm, want to yeah, have yeah. like a tweet. It's like, hey, uh, I, I, I don't know. I feel this way. And then everyone's like, oh, you're not supposed to feel that way. Yeah. Like, wait, yeah, how exactly. did this go into those? Why are there... Like, why is this white supremacist in my face? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I can <laughs> totally see that you're like, I don't want this to potentially spread and then yeah. get dunked on from like thousands of people but the no one can reply to me if yeah I you're right that's a, a bit strange um yeah because then you can sort of behave however you want as well you could potentially be the white supremacist <laughs> and express your thoughts out loud and no one can sort of try to argue with you which is a bit strange but it almost changes the point of tweeting then Like, why not go post it on a blog then if it's one-sided? Because exactly. a blog generally is one-sided. Yeah. Because Twitter um, wants you to stay. They don't want you to go and write yeah, a blog. Yeah, right, exactly. And I get it from the harassment perspective, but limiting it to then even the people that you follow or something like that. Yeah, because exactly. Because if you're yeah. following someone, you probably trust them. That's that's cool, whatever. But yeah, saying no comments whatsoever, it's like at that point, maybe Twitter isn't the best place for your discussion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, it's I not do a discussion. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree with that. And I mean, it makes sense for brands, in in air quote brands. Um, you know, you you see that sometimes on <laughs> yeah, Reddit, where like, yeah. hey, this is the the official corporate Slack for I don't know, uh, IBM, and we announce something, and we don't want comments because everyone's just saying how everything is broken, and we're we're probably paying here, so we don't want negativity around our our post. But that's I'm not super excited about brands expressing their marketing goals on on Twitter and not wanting replies. That's not exciting to me. 
and the use cases I've seen so far of that are first of all it's kind of weird because some of some of the, some of the tweets you see you can reply to and others you can you're like ugh I mean you can it's pretty obvious which ones you can reply yeah but it's it's weird right you, you're not seeing something and you're like hey let's answer and it's like no you can't I'm like okay um, the other thing is the 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 use cases of that I've seen so far are almost like even Twitter's own one it's like uh, the Twitter client is the best uh, or Tell me if there's any better client than ours, and then they don't allow any. Yeah, that was a bit. Really? I didn't see yeah. that. It's like this yeah, is. Yeah, no. This is just exactly what this feature shouldn't be used for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But actually, I just did think of a good, uh, a good example. Um, mm-hmm. Just now, if if you ever look at like Tim Cook when he tweets, and you look at the replies, you've usually got the first ten being like first, 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 and then the next being like, "When's iPhone 13 coming out?" Hey, Tim, my watch is broken. Like, it, it's kind of useless. And from that perspective, I guess at that scale, and it goes back to what you're saying about brands not necessarily wanting yeah. people yeah. to comment. Like at that point, that large scale mass replying is kind of useless. That brings um, up but a in the circles, like, why do you look at the replies to Tim Cook's tweet <laughs> in the first yeah. place? That's what did you expect? What kind of deep insight did you expect to find there? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Uh, yeah, but um, but yeah, I, I can kind of see it from that perspective, but it's very different from like the circles we're in where we're talking to mostly people we know or people in a certain community uh, where replies can be very useful. Mm-hmm. Y- yeah, and it's, it's already, I don't know, like I, I just, sure, but it's also not like Tim Cook is usually using his Twitter account for normal purposes, and then every now and then he writes yeah. one that's retweeted a hundred thousand times, right? Like every, no, no way Tim Cook or Tim Cook's team looks at t- replies to his tweets at all. Mm-hmm. So it might as well <laughs> yeah. be a silent yeah. one where it's like, you, you know what, I tweet, yeah. but my client doesn't yeah. even show but it. But that is a valid use case for turning them off. Yeah, exactly. Argue. But that's, it's you know, there's no, I don't understand. But you don't need a feature for that. Tim Cook could just decide not to get any notifications about any of his replies. Exactly. So I'm, I'm more like, which Twitter user would have a use case for both tweets that are open and tweets that are not, I mean, I mm-hmm. can also see when you're saying, all right, I don't want everyone to see that tweet. Like if I, you know, I could see the feature of saying, I only want to tweet that to my followers and no one else can see it without mm-hmm. having to restrict my entire account. And all replies to that tweet are also only visible within our circle, whatever. Um, I, I see why that's getting complicated. But isn't um, that what a locked account? Is? Yeah, 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 but you could say, right? I have some tweets that are public and oh, some yeah. tweets that are private. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this, I, I don't know when I would want to, you know, it's like, what kind of person has the use case for both of those types? Yeah. And then... Good question. Then I think there's... And you can still quote tweet. So it's not like that is a feature that's not allowed, right? You can just quote tweet that tweet. Mm. And now that becomes a reply because it's not like people are complete morons. They figure out a different way of responding to it if they really want to. Yeah, I am surprised that you can retweet and quote tweet those type of... Like the ones that are restricted. Yeah, yeah, but otherwise they they would just die, right? Because that's just yeah, yeah. The way Twitter works is that there is engagement and and you know that's the, that's what the platform is. Yeah, and, and but I do think it's good that they are trying to make changes for the sake of eliminating harassment. So I, I don't just wonder think if that's, that's it because it feels like that. I don't know if that's the right tool. Rather ban mm. some of the Nazis on your platform rather than <laughs> than you know it's it's not. It's not like people are not aware of where certain problem groups are on mm-hmm. Twitter. It's just that Twitter decides, you know what? We're free speech. So we allow everyone, no matter how racist they are. That's the bigger problem than the, you know, those racists then reply to my tweet. And now mm-hmm. they have to quote tweets. So jokes on them, you know? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so I don't. I I, I I just don't see it. I mean, it's, I think they labeled an experiment, but I don't really yeah. see how. That... Have either of you had the? Uh, are either of you having access to this feature? I don't even know. I haven't tried. No. <laughs> yeah, it's just from the. Are you Do you? you? No, no, it would be very obvious as soon as you send a tweet, it would show up. <laughs> Do you know when like... the last time was I? Uh, yeah, tweet? but I don't tweet via the app or the web or. Oh, okay. So okay. I wouldn't know. Yeah. Mm. No, I can see it um, for me. Okay. Mm. Yeah, but for me, it's just fundamentally again i should use twitter more but fundamentally it's it's yeah. against what i think twitter is and it's yeah it yeah. kind of ties in with the fundamental concept of what a podcast is and it's like it's just if it's a tweet that you can't reply to and cannot you know it's it's just a weird because now you have probably I didn't look but there are probably people that say you know what this group of people really sucks it's like okay and now mm. no one can reply and it's weird mm. i don't know mm. not a fan um yeah. maybe mm. maybe i'm missing something i'm also not not nah, changing I'm, my mind on that it's just the first impression was like yeah. i don't know i feel like they are lower yeah, if it helps fruit. with like twitter's harassment problem then it's like obviously like it's a good feature mm-hmm. but yeah, well, I, like I mean, you said there i mean like restricting it to nobody when you're tweeting to a particular group of people yeah. who you obviously like and trust that you choose to follow seems a bit weird mm. but mm-hmm. anyway yeah yeah but also not every good outcome warrants you know? Yeah, even if it might have a positive impact on uh, eliminating harassment or <laughs> eliminating, eliminating. Okay. well, now getting, we're talking. getting getting less harassment. <laughs> like even if it does that, there might also be better ways of doing that. Uh, yeah, but uh, uh, we'll see how it how how it goes, and if people. I don't even really know how to see the result of this. Like, are we going to ask people, are you feeling safer? I, I don't yeah, know. <laughs> ask it on Twitter and turn off reply. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Things of the week. Yay, let's talk. Yeah, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> All right, uh, should I kick it off? Sure, All right. do it. So my pick of the week, or my thing of the week, I, I, 100 episodes, and I See, you I know, I'm thinking know we should just accept it and go with things uh pick picks of the week now i'm the only one that can say things of the week so yeah. all right so my thing of the week is sub ether edit have either of you used sub ether edit yes no so briefly um after my wonderful after you showed it to me yeah um so sub ether edit is a text editor on mac os that's been around for uh, a very long time now and I've I've kind of been on and off like I think it was one of the first text editors I used on Mac macOS back in I think Snow Leopard days or something long time ago. Yeah, so it kind of was not maintained for a while, but now it's being actively maintained again. It's open mm-hmm. source, so uh, if anyone is interested in contributing to a macOS app, that's possible too. And it's just a super, it's it's a very very good solid macOS focused text editor that does a lot of things that a lot of text editors don't do right right such as opening very large files <laughs> like very large text files even even not even very large like let's say you have like a an app store receipt that you for some reason have to want to open in a in a text editor there are what some a text editors yeah, there are some text editors that just choke on a 60 kilobyte file or 100 kilobyte file oh well in sub ether it feels like it's nothing which it kind of isn't right 60 kilobyte of, of text is a lot of text but it's in the grand scheme of things it should be renderable mm-hmm. and sub ether it does that and uh it it just never choked on any of those file sizes i've had it has nice features like um collaboration which was kind of its initial kind of unique selling point i guess so you can have people you can send them a link and you can all work together in the same file and you can kind of see live edits and those kind of things which is kind of nice especially right now when people might want to do peer programming considering mm-hmm. that we're all kind of uh locked 
mostly staying at home while while working on on code or text uh, it's kind of nice for that mm -hmm. and it's all um peer-to-peer -peer, so you don't have to have it on some kind of server that that who knows who controls but it's just you open a specific file even in your xcode project and you can have multiple people that that work on that and you still have xcode to actually then compile and run or whatever you want but it's 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 pretty good for that um and even without that feature i think it turned into a really 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 solid text editor with a lot of nice features like if you work on markdown it can have like a web preview on one side and kind of live updates as you type and those kind of things it's just really really nice and solid text editor and it's free and open source so it's not really any harm in trying it out and seeing if if it might fit your requirements and it's a native mac app so that's cool Woo. good yeah. apps yeah good pick a good thing Good thing. <laughs> um, so, uh, I go next. My thing this week is sort of building on the previous pick, but I think this is allowed. Um, I have recommended the show uh, Mythic Quests uh, on Apple TV Plus. Is it Apple TV Plus? Is that what it's That's called? That's what it's called. And not just TV Plus, it's Apple TV Plus? Yep. Okay. Yes. So, um, it's a show that I recommended in, that I've picked, picked before um, called Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet. I believe it's yep, the whole name. Sounds good. Um, and they released a special episode um, that is a special quarantine episode. They actually call it quarantine. Um, and this is a really, really good episode. I am often not sure how good episodes are going to be when everyone in the cast is filming is filmed separately and without without a real crew around them. I found that um, some shows might not be as great when they do that type of format, um, but they really nailed it. Like I feel like they were very good at showing using like technology and like showing video chat, but not making it seem awkward. Like everything was based on video chats uh, for for all the characters in the show, and the way they communicated was in video chats. And the way that this works well is because. They, I mean, they, uh, the, the show, Mythic Quest, they are, it's about this, uh, tech company or a games company. Um, so it sort of feels like an accurate representation. So they were talking about like, they, it was sort of aimed from the angle that they were trying to like keep on working and keep on getting features done. But it was also sort of having some like interpersonal, um, it showed off some like interpersonal relationships or like, just just t the type of problems that like everyone will have during this type of situation like um just just about how it is to work by yourself and how it is to like be by yourself in certain situations and i think it was just um a really good way of tackling the sort of difficult topic of both working from home and also being isolated from a lot of people and i think they really nailed the type of like for being a comedy show um, they were still really sensitive about the topic, and I think they really nailed the balance there. Um, so yeah, I really recommend anyone who hasn't watched the show in the first place, go ahead and watch the show. But people who have watched the show and haven't watched this special episode should should go ahead and watch that as well. But yeah, yeah don't really start good. only with this episode. Make sure you get the whole show first, and then go for this. Yeah, really good. And the first time I've seen, uh, heard the term cashed up bogan on an American TV show. So yeah. that's something. <laughs> Nice. Now we got uh, Zach's interest. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Zach, what's your pick? Oh, good question. My pick this week is a Mac app again Mac called iStat Menu. And Australian Mac app. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've got to get that one in. Um, built in Melbourne. Um, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's called. Cool. Uh, did I say ice that menu? Yep, yes, it's cool. I can't remember if I said the name. Cool, 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 cool. So, um, naturally, getting a new Mac, it's time to buy some new tools because why not? Um, one of the tools I've decided to buy for this Mac is ice that menu. It's actually way cheaper than I thought because I've known about <laughs> ice that menu. Buying for a years. computer for four thousand? <laughs> no, it was, it was like fifteen bucks. Um, I thought I I don't know for some reason I thought it was closer to a hundred because of how much ice that menus can do, and I've sort of known about it for ages. But it's Mac. Uh, sort of system monitor type thing. So it monitors all the stats on your Mac, things like network activity, disk usage, memory <laughs> usage, um, like uh, what else? RAM, uh, storage space, uptime. It's got all those stats that you want and it presents them really nicely. I think you even can even weather. do things like weather. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Like it's got, it's got everything in there. I'm using it very simply at the moment. Um, I've used iStat Mini for ages, which is a, um, just basically the notification center widget mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of it, which is really good for quickly at a glance checking network activity and things like CPU usage and storage space, all of that mm-hmm. stuff. But mm-hmm. I kind of thought it was time to upgrade to the real version since the iStat Minis thing hasn't been updated for dark mode. And I think that's a that's a sure sign that it's probably uh, time to, mm-hmm. to improve it. And I noticed that iStat 6 uh, has been updated for dark mode, obviously. So I thought I would take the plunge. Um, I'm using it quite simply at the moment with one bit of information in my menu bar, and that's just network activity. But I will sit down hopefully over the next week and customize it a lot more because it can do a lot more. It's very capable and um, can do things like fan speed and and all of the kind of health metrics for your Mac that can be useful to know. And now when you don't have to uh, count every kilobyte of RAM anymore, you're like, let's just have apps running all the time. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I did check... Um, before and I was using 25 gigs of memory. Mm-hmm. Um, four of that is from Safari. So yay, because I don't think I've closed the Safari tab. How much ever. of that is I said menu? <laughs> the last time I've used it was very RAM efficient, but I don't know if that's still the case. Uh, well, it doesn't appear in their little list. Uh, so I'll have to open Activity Monitor to check. Um, oh no, sorry for that burden I put upon you. <laughs> right, yeah. But at least, at least Activity Monitor opens fast now. <laughs> iStat menu service, 40 megabytes. Yeah, see? And then the agent is 12. See, Dad. So, on oh, the notification thing is 15. See, Dad sounds like a so, decent Mac app. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. That's like, um, what is that? Like, one tens electron or something? <laughs> something like that. Oh, let's check Slack. <laughs> yeah. Now, when you don't have to count uh, it. Slack is about 500 between four processors. It's got a renderer, a GPU, Slack itself, and the helper. But it does so much more, like showing text in a box. Yeah. I mean, why can't Slack be like Telegram, which is a truly native Mac app which uses next to no resources and is lightning fast? Um, such a good Mac app. But anyway. I think Telegram wouldn't scale. And if you would understand how companies, the scale of, of uh, Slack work and how many hundreds of millions of engineers work on this <sighs> platform simultaneously, you would know that Man. those tools just don't scale to that kind of impact <laughs> they're causing the world. Sorry, Kai. Sorry. Yeah. Na- native is just not good enough for Slack it's scale, just, is it? Yeah. It's, it's, right, right. Cool. It's a scale problem. Uh, I'll like. keep that in mind. Um, top story, although like most recent story at nine to five Mac at the moment is that the iMet so the messages app on Mac OS will go to Catalyst this year, which is yeah, awesome yeah. and so long overdue. Is it though? I don't know. Yes, yes. <sighs> so I think we spoke. Me- very messages briefly. hasn't changed since iChat. I know, I know. I'm I'm a hundred percent on board with i <laughs> iMessage needs an update, but Catalyst. Can you point at five good Catalyst apps? Yeah, okay. We'll have to see how it's done, but the catalog, sorry, the, the messages app on iOS is actually a pretty good app. Yeah. I mean, but that's the thing, right? Catalyst apps are not bad p- 
apps on the platform they're coming from. Yeah. You know, a mm. lot of the Catalyst apps I'm, I'm complaining about for days on, on uh, macOS, I would talk about how amazing they are on iOS and iPadOS. Mm -hmm. That's not my mm. problem, right? It's like the most amazing iPad app that I love, uh, like that would be in my top, even if it's in my top three apps across all platforms, doesn't mean it's even in the top 100 on, on macOS. That's more my mm -hmm. problem. Mm -hmm. Not that those apps can't be great on one platform, sure. mm -hmm. just yeah. that they don't convert well yeah. to the other one. Yeah, well, that's why it's a job. Like, like Catalyst is a year on, and they'll be using, I guess, the next version of Catalyst, and the Catalyst devs will have had more time to get familiar yeah. with it. So we'll see. I'm holding out hope that this is at least an improvement. But I wonder if that means certain Mac-specific features will get... I mean, who knows, right? It's It will be interesting in so many yeah, ways. Yeah, like screen sharing, hey? It, I mean, screen mm. sharing, you can literally do through the screen sharing app. Uh, I, oh, but it's so much nicer through messages. That's the thing. I, I didn't realize that for, for a long time, but if you open screen sharing, like the screen sharing app on your mm. Mac, you can type in a, any Apple ID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and, type in an address, yeah. yeah. Like an Apple That's ID, great. you can just say yeah. Zach's email address, return, and then you yeah. get the prompt. So I, I see why it's nice through iMessage, but at least the functionality won't go away. Mm. Even yeah, if yeah, no, that won't go but it's, it's Look, it might even get an improvement, the whole screen sharing thing on macOS, given how I assume it's being used a lot more. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, but at the moment, I like it because it's it's simple and it works. And that's not a sure, lot you can yeah. talk say about the more recent software editions. So, Valid point. Um, but I, I do wonder how Apple will go forward with those pla with all their mm -hmm. their frameworks, right? Because you do have UIKit, you do have AppKit, you do have Catalyst, which bridges UIKit to Mac. Um, and then you have SwiftUI, which is kind of this new thing that in theory also kind of works across yeah. all of them, but you still need glue in between to make it work for each of the platforms. Yeah, I, I sort of feel like, I assume that the reason they would have gone with making this a Catalyst app rather than using SwiftUI is because it's already an app on iOS, right? It's easy, mm. it's a lot quicker to port it using Catalyst than But not if you want to make Swift it a, a, a great, you See, know, if you want to make it yeah. a great Mac app, you still have to make it a great Mac app. And those, yeah. that work is but probably the question is, where 90% of the effort goes. Do they want to make it a great mm. Mac app? Or do, want, do they want to make it better than the current messaging app? Yeah, but I don't think better than, than something that's clearly broken for years should be the the level of expectation we have for apple's own mm. software yeah what i wonder is was this something they decided because they wanted to get it there quickly or are uh, but again like is this an in-between step again, and they're planning I, on I writing everything everyone says right now on this topic <laughs> um i don't understand where would this quickly requirement come from did, you know, it's not yeah. like Apple was like, wait, there's macOS Mojave coming out? <laughs> Why didn't anyone tell me about that? Yeah. Or or like, did did they not realize that people use iMessage? We didn't know. We thought those billions of messages we send all sent from iOS. Like, Apple is fully, they, they got to be fully aware of how <gasps> important that I do wonder if there's some fundamental problem with the current Mac app that we are not aware of. That but it can be. Sure, maybe. But doesn't mean Apple is not... Apple is one of the companies. I totally understand if, if, if I don't know, Slack's like, look, we had a job app, job ad open for AppKit developers and we had one application and this person just misread AppKit for UIKit. You know, and they're like, you know what, we, we just can't find enough people to build mm -hmm. a native Mac app right now and we don't think we have the time to 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 get people to get familiar mm -hmm. with that. Whatever your reason might be, right? I can see that. But Apple of all companies, they have people that know how AppKit or, or Mac software is being developed. 
they they don't have the excuse of saying, look, we we needed a product, we couldn't find anyone, so here we go. Yeah, I know, I know. That's why I'm wondering if it's some underlying technical reason why they can't. But it's not like there's a technical reason that you can't make iMessage on a Mac work. <laughs> you know, what's the limitation? Yeah. If if you can make it a Catalyst app, they could have made it. And again, maybe the Catalyst app is amazing and the improvements to Catalyst make it all the things we ever wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Um and I hope for that to be the case, but it's not like Apple was uh, hesitant of releasing other Catalyst apps um, until they were ready. Like, if I don't know how often you guys use the Home app. I hope not so often because that's a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. No, I use it all through Siri, which is actually amazing. Yeah. On the mm-hmm. Mac. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got to say, having uh, Hey Dingus on a Mac is actually helpful. I probably used it like four times yesterday. Really? Because normally I'm just at my desk and I say it. And now my Mac is picking it up mm. instead of my phone or my iPad. Mm. And that's awesome because mm. the Mac actually seems better mm-hmm. at responding to it. I don't know if it's because it's plugged in and just can devote more resources to constantly listening, <laughs> but it's fast. Like, mm. it's really, like, scarily fast. <laughs> um, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, I should. Anyway. Um, sure. Either way, though. Yeah. It's just, I, yeah. I, I, we will see it, yeah. I don't want to be negative before I see it. Based on previous experiences of Apple releasing new things with Catalyst, I have reason. I have more reason to be pessimistic than to be optimistic. And that's fair. But I think the only other thing that I would say is Messages is such an important app. I think a lot of the time, I think, and Apple knows this, that Messages has a lot of lock-in with the whole iMessage thing and young people. And Apple understand this, and I think think they would take this change quite seriously. And if they stuffed up being able to iMessage on a Mac, that's a huge problem amongst particularly their younger audience, for a lot of whom using iMessage is a status symbol more than anything else. But that's why I'm worried that this decision is to get all the the stickers and all those things Mm -hmm. onto the Mac at no matter what cost. It's like we need could be fair. We need yeah. those those kind of features that are mostly there for like whatever entertainment purposes mm-hmm. of of younger people, um, whatever that whatever you arranges for that, um, because that's way more important to have it than having a decent Mac app. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, what I'm worried yeah. about. That that's what's driving the decision making. Not let's make the best freaking iMessage app we can, mm-hmm. but let's get one out with emojis. Yeah, hopefully not, yeah. but we will see. It's only a month away. Hmm. Because Actually, this time in a month, we will know. <laughs> well, I'm I'm more interested in the long term plan here, which is not gonna which which we're not gonna know about. Like, is this something that they just want to do to bridge the gap while they're making a um, Swift UI app or a native Mac app? I'm just curious to see what the plan is. Like, is this just an in between step? It seems a bit weird. Like, why not? Like you said, Kai, what what are you in a hurry for? Why not wait with that? Or why not have started with this three years ago? You know, it's not like iMessage is broke yesterday in a new macOS update. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I don't know if any of you have ever scrolled up in in a message history. It's just, I don't even know what it does. I live at the, in the moment, okay? <laughs> yeah. So does Apple, apparently, because if you scroll up, it's like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> only messages are jumbled all over the place. Your scroll position is not maintained. It's mm-hmm. weird. But it also does certain things that are very Mac specific, right? You can have, um, if you double double click any of your uh, chat conversations, it opens in a new window, mm. and I I do use that because that's how I use a Mac, and I've sometimes have that when I talk with someone more frequently. I don't want to have the whole um, iMessage window open because it happens easily to accidentally send a message to the wrong person. So if I know I'm in a longer back and forth with Zach, 
I just have Zach's window popped out mm -hmm. and only use that one to talk to Zach because the probability of me sending it to someone else then is zero and it's way smaller. I can have it in a corner and, and not, not pay attention until I actually want to use it and it's, it's all good. Mm -hmm. I, I'm just wondering, those things will probably not make it. Those will not make mm -hmm. the conversion. 